Welcome to the Aboisi Wine Buzz podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Clinton Lee. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Aboisi Wine Buzz interview. Today's guest is synonymous with the number 262. Some of you met that many would. 26.2 miles. That is the distance of the international marathon. And today's guest has not only run one or two or three, but an unbelievable five. And added to that, the facets of being a mother, a wife, and a truly spectacular and very successful wine blogger. We welcome Brooke Martin. Thank you very much for joining us, Brooke. Thank you, Dr. Lee. Gosh, you're making me feel so special. I appreciate it. You are special indeed. You are very rare. And um, if someone hasn't told you, then allow me to share that with our listeners. You are indeed. Um, there's so much to you. And I would like to start perhaps on your website, Brooke, you wrote that you had a love for writing. Where did that come from? It started in junior high, actually. I took a creative writing class and I fell in love with writing at that time. And it's always been a passion since then. So I'm very fortunate now that I get to uh, put my passion for wine and passion for writing together as a career. It's, um, it's great. Are there any uh, favorite writers um, or certain texts or poems that really resonate and touch your heart? Oh, gosh. Uh, there's... I'm sure there are many. I was going to say there's too many to just name one. So that, that would be a tough question, actually. Okay, we'll come back to that one because okay. I, know, I know that being a marathon runner, it will be percolating in your mind. As, it will as be, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, how, so you are now in Utah in the yes, United correct. States. And um, yes. tell us about uh, your upbringing. Is that where you're from, uh, Brooke? Were you born? I am. Yes, born and raised in Utah. Uh, we briefly moved away to Arizona for a few years, but then um, moved back about six years ago. So I do a lot of traveling for work, uh, primarily California, a wine country. But um, yes, I reside in Utah, which is a lovely state. I encourage you to come visit if you've never been to Utah. Well, there you are, listeners. Now, just as a matter of interest, do they have any wineries in Utah? They don't have wineries. We have pretty strict liquor laws here in Utah, mm -hmm. but we do have um, winemakers that are from Utah. So uh, what they do is they'll get the grapes from somewhere else, Idaho, possibly California, and then make the wine. And um, technically it's, from Utah. I we do see. have some vineyards down in southern Utah where it is a little warmer. 
Right, right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as you've said, you were born and you grew up in Utah. So where did your love for wine actually start? It started, I just, I love this question because I still get giddy thinking about that moment. Um, it happened on my honeymoon. So we uh, made plans to go to Napa on our honeymoon. And this was, gosh, how long ago was this? 16 years ago. And at that time, I did not know a lot about wine. I, I would drink wine occasionally. Um, so we went to Napa. Uh, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the terrain. I fell in love with the wineries, the stories. Um, that is something that just really captivated me was the stories of these wineries. And I remember driving back to the airport with my husband and I looked at him and I said, we are coming back here every single year. <laughs> and we have, we've been back multiple times, more than once a year. Um, so that is really where my passion for wine started. Remarkable. So it really was the story and the culture and yeah. uh, how, how you are actually seeing uh, history unfold Absolutely. Yep. Beautiful. So not only are you um, a uh, marathon runner, but you're also a mother. Now, a mother of four children. Yes. <laughs> yes, four. <laughs> four. So, so four. how do you manage, you know, with five marathons and four children and, and your husband, how do you manage your your time and what does a day in your life look like? If you could tell us. Okay, well, I will be very honest. It's not always easy. Um, there's a lot of balls in the air. There's a lot of things going on, a big to-do list. So I have to prioritize my day depending on what I need to get accomplished for that day. Um, I will say it's, there's never a dull moment uh, I keep myself very busy, obviously, and yes. it's really about prioritizing what uh, the focus needs to be, what needs to be completed for that day. And uh, do you sometimes find it's more challenging in one aspect? And, uh, you know, when do you actually get to do the wine tasting? Uh, is it more at nighttime or on certain days? Well, now that it is a full-time job uh, right. in the wine in industry, I'm, I'm doing a lot more spitting, <laughs> which means um, I, I've got to taste through certain wines, maybe for certain projects or partnerships that I'm working on. And if I need to get it done during the day, then I need to um, drink a little earlier than I guess is acceptable, which means I'm, I'm spitting more than I'm drinking. Um, oh, but nice. I do, um, I enjoy my wine, I should say at night uh, when I can unwind and with a glass of wine and, that, and not analyze everything about that wine, just uh, kind of, like I said, wind down with a nice glass of wine. Oh, I, I am totally sympathetic to you there, Brooke, because <laughs> during my, uh, my years when I was studying as well, sometimes it could be as large a number as 100 different wines 
that we were tasting during the week. And uh, it's highly impractical for us to be drinking uh, that much. So absolutely the tasting uh, would go with uh, the spitting and Mm -hmm. uh, which is quite common for the industry. So I do sympathize with you. (laughs) Now, are you still running at all? any marathons, Brooke? I am not running competitively any longer. I just run two to three times a week just to stay in shape. And for me, running is just as much uh, mentally satisfying as it is physically. So um, I just, it helps with my stress level. It helps me focus. It gets me ready for my day when I can start with that type of exercise. Now, how did you get involved in your first marathon? Did you make a a commitment and say, oh, I've seen that uh, person running and I'm going to do that. Like you said with your husband, we're coming back, uh, dear, every single single year. (laughs) What what, what, uh, galvanized you? Well, I do have a very driven, motivated personality just naturally. So when I commit myself to something, I'm going to do it, not only do it and complete it, but I want to do it well. I want to, you know, not like break records, but I want to do better than maybe just the average person. So I had just had uh, my second child. And I was looking for a way to kind of lose that last little bit of baby weight. And I had friends that wanted to sign up for a marathon. And I thought, well, I could probably do that. Sure. So I signed up for my first marathon and really enjoyed the training aspect of it, which can be pretty grueling. It's a lot of miles you have to put in. Um, But I, I ran that first marathon and really I had a great experience from it. I, I, if, if I was to share with uh, the listeners here, I think what I draw from, from that last comment from you was um, the need to have that determination, whether yeah. it's running or tasting wine or bringing up children. You need to prioritize, you need to be determined. And uh, above all, it's, um, it's enjoying the actual process, which brings us now, as you mentioned, that you are involved in the wine industry as a fellow professional. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you start writing, you know, your, your blogs and your Instagram? H- how did that all begin? So I started the Brook Blend back in 2016 as a creative outlet, really. Um, at the time, I had a corporate job that was pretty stressful. Um, I was traveling a lot for work and I just needed something that was fun, that I enjoyed, that I was passionate about. And so I decided to start the Brook Blend blog and Instagram. And it just, it really did help me just um, mentally to kind of have that outlet other than work. And then over time, it just organically grew into what it is today and has allowed me to uh, quit that corporate job just this past May and focus 100% on wine. 
So it, it was a, a, a normal transition from having to make this the, the, the practical uh, decision and say, this is not really what I want to do. I have done it, I've been successful, and now this is a new horizon. It's a new race for me, and one yeah. that we are sure that you are going to excel. So how has this new career and the training, as it were, really, has Absolutely. it changed your lifestyle, Brooke? Well, um, you know, it was a true leap of faith. I, I got to the point where I was, I was too busy. I had too much going on in my, my life that I needed to make that decision. I needed to decide, was I going to continue working my corporate job and focus on that and do that well? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to make that transition into the wine world and do that well, and not only do that well, but thrive and enjoy it so much more than my corporate job. And that's the decision I made. Um, I will, I will say it hasn't always been easy. It's, it's, it's scary being self-employed. It's, it's a little nerve wracking, not knowing um, day to day where that income's going to come in from. So I have had to adjust that way in my lifestyle uh, where I for 20 years have been so used to having that steady salary that's coming in. So. Of course, but as, as a uh, current uh, training past uh, marathon runner you know you you have more time with the children i would imagine yeah. which that time is invaluable you know mm -hmm. it's priceless there's no uh, dollar value to that and um you know you you're seeing them grow up but but what it does resonate and loudly so is um that that you are setting targets for yourself but i think what's important is um if the listeners could could hear from you, the topics, what is it that is it sometimes when you are running and you say, wow, that's a particular topic that I think the listeners would like, or I'm going to write about that. Or uh, so what, what is it that inspires you uh, about certain topics, uh, Brooke? That's, that's actually a great question because uh, I get, I've had that question before, like, well, what, how do you know what to talk about or what to write about? And um, it really just comes from experience and day-to-day experience and what um, I'm seeing elsewhere is where I get a lot of ideas. So through Instagram or other wine blogs. And if I see something where I'm like, oh, that, a lot of times what it does is I see a topic or an idea and I, it triggers another topic or idea. Oh. And so that's where I get a lot of ideas. Um, my running. So when I do run in the mornings and I've got that time just to think, oh. a, a lot of ideas come at that time. Sometimes when I'm, um, sometimes when I'm trying to fall asleep, I've got just all these things going through my head and I have to grab my phone and take a few notes so that I remember it for the next morning. Um, so I would say ideas come from, gosh, all sorts of places, not just one area. 
is there one particular one that you recall the build-up to it, you know, of, of, of a blog or a writing that you put together that you recall, oh, that's when I was inspired? Uh, well, sometimes uh, a lot of my blog posts, I try to have it um, relatable to maybe the season or right. something that's taking place um, that a lot of people are talking about or want a, a specific idea or uh, so I don't think I'm saying this. No, not at <laughs> all, not way, at but, all. It's, um, it's... That's sometimes, uh, a lot of times, I shouldn't say sometimes, a lot of times that's where my ideas come from is just what's taking place, what's important, what are people, what's the buzz, what are people wanting to know about, yes. or um, what would be interesting for them to read about. Because as you know, there are a lot of wine bloggers <laughs> and um, it's hard to stand out. Uh, I will admit that. And so a lot of times you've got to put your own spin on it um, so that it is interesting enough for somebody to stop and read that article or that blog that you're um, posting. Well, you have a lovely style and your perspective to certain topics really give it a new facet. You know, Brooke, I, I read some of your blogs and you. uh, going through them and, um, you know, I find them to be very heartwarming uh, inspirational and really sort of touching at the heart and and uh, getting there you know where you go to some of the the wineries and and um, it, it certainly is it, you can feel it that, that that it's your it's coming from the depths of your heart so well, I, yeah I appreciate that yeah you it, know so my, my comment would be there are many bloggers but then there are bloggers so um, <laughs> so Having said that, why do you think and what do you think makes your wine blogs stand out from others? I think what my audience truly appreciates is they do see that passion. They, they appreciate that I'm genuine, that I'm down to earth. I'm not trying to be somebody else. Um, and they they feel that they see that they read that when they um read my articles and i've been told that by the audience that i have that that is something that they truly um appreciate that uh, maybe you don't see as much um in today's world mm -hmm. so it's it's very true, and uh, you know you are definitely charting the course of your wine blogging um, in your own specific style and pattern. So, what what is the main area that you are focusing on now, Brooke? Given that this wine um, career is taking off full time. So there's. Uh, quite a few different things I'm mm -hmm. currently doing. And then I have, of course, goals of yes. where I really kind of want to see things going. So right. yeah, I, I do have my wine blog. 
Mm -hmm. um, thebrookblend.com, where I do primarily, I mean, that's the majority of my articles, my true like writing. Mm -hmm. And um, I love that. I love that so much. And I wish that I was doing more of that because really that is what I enjoy and um, what I'd like to do more of. I also, um, with Instagram, I, I have a, a good following there as well. Very solid. And yeah, it is, right? And um, so with that, I have quite a few uh, partnerships and collaborations that I do. Um, I do some consulting work as well with a couple different wine companies. And so, and I actually enjoy that quite a bit mm -hmm. and would not be opposed to getting into wine sales. That is certainly a possibility. Uh, but if I had my choice on where I really wanted things to go with the Brook Blend, it would be more writing. I would love to get to the point where I'm writing for uh, wine magazines. Um, I, I have had a few things published um, in very small aspects, nothing like um, anything big yet. Well, I, I, I think you're very humble. I think all, you know, they say that uh, little acorns grow into big oak trees. <laughs> so uh, you're very humble. That's, you're very humble. That's a good point. You're very <laughs> Thank humble. you. No, I, you know, because I saw, you know, you have wine travels, you have pairings and you have mm -hmm. tastings and, you know, you have taken some courses and I wanted to ask you, um, I, I haven't had the, the privilege of traveling to, uh, as they would say, your neck of the woods, but I would imagine there's, there is a, um, a, a, so ethnic groups um, within uh, the areas that you visit. So when you're pairing, how, how would you pair wines, let's say that uh, from different ethnicities, you know, um, their food would be different. It's not a steak. It's not a, uh, a sirloin or, or a turkey. How, how, how do you prepare for that when they ask you if it's happened to you in the past? Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I certainly do my research. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in all different ethnicities, but um, I, I love to um, pair like a Gewurztraminer or a Riesling with like a spicy Indian food. That's, oh, yes. that's a favorite for me. Um, so it's really just, I, I would say if you're in that position where you're doing those type of pairings, um, do your research, be prepared and have some different options on what those type of pairings would look like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, just sort of recently, um, you know, we, we are also in the midst of a sort of generational um, changes you know you have millennials and xyz and um how how do you um how do you see that moving along in terms of the brook blend you know like your audience because what they want and what they're looking for is quite different it is and you have to 
um, you have to change with the times and that there's just no way around it, especially in this fast paced world that we live in and with this younger generation and the way they do things. Um, if you want to be successful, you have to uh, transition with them. Even if they are 20 plus years younger than you, mm -hmm. it's, it's something you certainly have to do. I look um, very closely at like my insights uh, on Instagram. I look at those different age groups that are following me. I try to be relatable to right. them um, so that it, the, the information that I'm putting out to them is inspirational, it's relatable, it's fun. Uh, that's something I've always, um, I guess, been proud of is that mm. I, I like to just keep it real, keep it simple, keep it fun loving, because um, if you don't do that, you're, you're going to lose that audience pretty quickly. So you're, you're very much um, with the trends that are happening. And um, I, I wanted to mention a point, you know, what that really was the catalyst for you when you visited the wineries, you said, uh, you told your husband on your way back, we're going to visit this area again every year mm -hmm. and that um, touches my heart because I believe that um, for those that are entering into the world of wine not just as a career but as a hobby or a pastime or social interaction that that bottle of wine represents different cultures Absolutely. history at a particular point in time so being a consummate storyteller, do you share a great deal of culture and history of those vineyards or countries with your um, listeners or with your readers, uh, Brooke? And how important do you think it is? Oh, that's, that's very important. And um, through my studies, uh, uh, in wine. So I, I have my W set two and W set three. I found. And we that... hope you'll be getting the Apwazi um, <laughs> speciality courses, which would be happy to uh, work with you on that, Brooke. Okay. Yeah. I will definitely keep that in mind. Okay. <laughs> um, but I, I feel like through my studies, and when you study wine from around the world, I mean, you're, you're really diving in to all these different areas and terrain and cultures, like you mentioned. And um, it's so important to share right. those stories right. and to share those details of, course. of that culture. Well, you know, having, um, having studied and also having taught the courses that you mentioned, you know that uh, those specific uh, levels, they, they refer more to the grape and the regions. But mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the culture, perhaps it could be more. And that's what the Apwazi courses do. They relate, there's always a huge section on the culture of the country, the food pairing. Um, and and there's, there's quite a, a um, significant material within each course because we believe that the world 
you know, in, in I believe 18, uh, they were saying 1812, there's about a billion people. And then 1912 is, you know, went to 2 billion. And then within 60 years, we've gone to seven plus billion. Mm -hmm. So with so many people around, um, it's, it's only natural that the impact and influence of other cultures will become enmeshed in the way we live our life and things that we do. So I, I, I agree with you that it is devastatingly important for our, for our lives. And um, what, having, having uh, gone through the different cultural aspects, Brooke, what's your, one of your favorite uh, wines, the top three, perhaps you could share with us? Oh, again, that's a tough question, but I do have one for you. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you're a marathon runner you can take it <laughs> yes right um so one of my absolute favorite wineries is um a raffinelli winery up in the hillsburg dry creek area okay and um they focus primarily on um zinfandel cabernet sauvignon merlot and that's it um small production winery, but they have a great story of their grandmother coming over to America from um, Italy because she was so upset that they, at the time, they would not let her be a winemaker and be involved in the process. So they, they came to America and started the winery and um, just a wonderful family, wonderful story. And absolutely wonderful wines so that would be at the top of my list right so we have italy on the map and yeah. is there another one that you'd like to share oh gosh well let's ask if you're having dinner at at the house with your husband what what is your as they would say what's your go-to uh wine just to sit sit back knock the shoes off and just think my gosh what a day what wine well, would that be you know, that's a great question because, again, over time and through my experience, my education with wine, things have evolved and changed. Of course. Uh, if you were to ask me that question even two years ago, I would say I am a Cabernet girl. I love a big, bold Cabernet. But today, I would say I'd be very happy settling in on the couch with a lovely Pinot Noir. Um, or in the summertime, we drink a lot more wines. And again, back in the day, I may have said, oh, I just drink Sauvignon Blanc, nothing else. <laughs> well, now I might say, oh my gosh, I want an Albarino or a Viognier. So um, thankfully, I've kind of transitioned and evolved and enjoy so many other different varieties that are out there. So I'm so glad I kind of grew up a little bit, I guess you could say, with my, um, my wines, because I feel like if you just hone in on one or two varieties, you're just missing out on so many great wines that are out there. No true words said, no true words said, Brooke. <laughs> I mean, you have shown versatility, flexibility, uh, you are determined, you are the epitome of, of success, whether it's a mother, 
a wife, uh, aspiring um, now wine professional. And I would say that all your five marathons that you have been have trained you for life. So yes, uh, there's it certainly a quote, helped. <laughs> yeah, there's a quote that uh, is attributed to the Boston Marathon runners. They say, when it comes to the hills, you kill those hills. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. I would I would say they're not easy, but that's the mentality that you you definitely have to have. <laughs> so Brooke Martin, you've been a great guest, and it's been a huge pleasure having you on us on our interviews. And uh, we will closely follow you and we wish you all the very best success in the coming year and in future years. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Wine Buzz Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave a review or share it with a friend. Apwazi is an online wine and spirit institution dedicated to promoting culture and diversity through the world of education. If you're looking to get started, we have a free online course that we are giving out to all our listeners. For more information, head to apwazi.com. That's A-P-W-A-S-I.com.